I really like chai latte. Oh yeah, I love a chai. Just fits that spot when you don't want a coffee and you don't want a hot chocolate. Yep, absolutely. Hello and welcome to Contains Caffeine. This is my first episode and I'm actually really excited about introducing you to Jenny. Full name, Jenny Osborne. Hello Jenny, how are you? Good, thank you. Jenny and I have crossed paths for probably the last 10 years. Sometimes at conferences, sometimes at coffee shop crawls. I know, that was something that youth workers did back in the early 2000s. And often on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and lately, much more face-to-face online communication. Jenny is a writer, a passionate communicator. She's just released a book, which we'll chat a little bit about later. And she is a mentor of youth workers. In my life, she has been consistent, vibrant, and supportive. And I definitely think that those are characteristics sought of in a mentor. We're gonna talk about youth work in the era of COVID, mental health, and gift giving. But first, coffee. Hello Jenny, how are you? Really, really pleased to be doing this with you today. I'm really glad that you are the first person, partly because we're friends and I think that always has a better kind of contrast with with chatting than someone you don't know but also um, because you're someone who's really supported this already and that's just so meaningful for me I was thinking probably the first time we met up face to face you actually were in Canterbury I think you'd come uh you'd maybe met some friends up in Kent and we met in Canterbury and you chose the chocolate cafe in Canterbury as our venue so I know that not only are you a good friend but you also have excellent taste in venue (laughs) meeting because was that our first first face-to-face that's astonishing okay I think perhaps we've met at conferences with the kind of like a million other people around and all scrabbling for coffee at the same time um (laughs) (laughs) and I think perhaps when I came to Eastbourne perhaps I met as well yeah Um, yeah yeah it's just been really nice to get to know you from a distance and also nearer (laughs) yes you have a excellent taste in venues so I know I can trust you with this one of my favorite Mm. things is to go to a new town I can guarantee if I'm visiting somewhere I'll have already googled coffee shops to go and sit in at some point so I want to know if I was coming to your town where would we be meeting for coffee well there's been an explosion of independent coffee shops in Eastbourne recently which is great because it means there's an awful lot to choose from um so I'm going to I'm going to do some special mentions and then tell you the place that I really would take you. So special mention for the Art House on Grove Road, which is a vegan cafe as well. Brilliant. Absolutely okay. fantastic. And they have been brilliant um, in the community during Covid as well. Mm. So a special mention for them. And then also for um, Urban Ground, who are another town centre coffee shop who do beautiful, beautiful coffee in beautiful surroundings. Amazing. But... The place I would take you is the place that is right on the seafront called the beach deck. Mm-hmm. And they have got indoor and outdoor seating. So when the weather is good, not today, because the weather is not good today. <laughs> but when the weather is good, it is just beautiful to sit outside on the deck and mm-hmm. watch uh, people going past on the promenade, watch people out on the on the sea or just even, you know, listen to the sound of the sea yeah um on the beachfront is just is just brilliant and it's the place I return to again and again and again and again for all sorts of different reasons definitely my go-to coffee shop 
And, um, and you're a writer. Is, is a coffee shop somewhere you can write in? Is that somewhere you would go yes. to reflect and write? Yes. I have missed it so much, particularly in the last kind of in this third lockdown through the winter, I think mm -hmm. in particular, not being able to grab my um, notebook and, and my computer and go and sit in a cafe yeah. and yeah. just, you know, have that hubbub of noise that somehow really helps <laughs> to kind of get the get the cogs whirring um, yeah. in a way that it just doesn't doesn't necessarily happen at home that's been it's been really hard not to yeah. not to do that yeah I thought we've missed coffee shops so much oh, I, know. I genuinely think it yeah. has been something that I did not realize how much of my life is built around <laughs> <laughs> are you someone who you would be able to sit down and wouldn't be able to wouldn't need to order because they already already know what you want well it's a very busy coffee shop and it's quite it's quite a large uh, footfall and it does change, actually. It does change with different different sort of seasons. So sometimes I'd go for a kind of a simple um, black Americano with, a, mm -hmm. with cold milk on the side. Other times I'd go for a kind of creamier latte. Lovely. Um, but I'll tell you what my favourite thing is to order, and not every coffee shop does it, um, but I really like chai latte. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a really unusual taste um but i i really like it and so mm. it's a bit of a treat when i find a place that does it because not everywhere does mm, I, um, I love a chai just fits that spot when you don't want a coffee and you don't want a hot chocolate yeah absolutely yeah oh, so good so good is there somewhere where maybe it's a bit further afield a coffee shop which you just think oh i wish i could go back that was an experience there or it's just an amazing place to go to or it does amazing coffee is there somewhere mm. you would like like to return to um i'm gonna go a bit rogue on this one because one of the places that that my husband and i return to often is um the town of rye mm. uh, which is the furthest east of east sussex and it's a beautiful ancient cobbled stoned town well worth a visit for anybody who 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 might be into that kind of that kind of thing and they well, have we're got all these for uh staycations this year i think oh, well we are uh, aren't we rye. yeah yeah we are <laughs> rye is the place actually no don't go to rye <laughs> no, no, don't. let's not have the whole world in this dog descent no it's beautiful it's beautiful and it, it's it's hidden away and it's a tea rooms not a coffee shop but they do the most amazing cream teas and cakes and they do all sorts of different flavours of tea. You know, they do do coffee mm. as well, but tea is definitely their thing. They have mismatched cutlery and crockery oh. and, you know, these tiny little patio tables that you can sit out the front or you can sit inside. Mm. Or I think they've even got a back garden as well, though we've never made it that far. We've only ever <laughs> sat on the, out the front. And I can't remember what it's called. It's something like the oldie, oldie tea shoppy. Oh, I love something it. Something like that. But it's down this little cobbled back alley almost or side yeah. alley. Yeah. Um, and it's in this tiny little house that's just beautiful. Go Sounds like the kind of place again. I'd like to go for story writing, like full of yes. inspiration. And... Yeah. I love meeting up with people in coffee shops similar to you I'm quite happy to sit there on my own but there's something about meeting someone and getting past that small talk and I love once we've got past that place because what I then love to hear and love to talk about are people's passions and their plans and how it kind of 
shapes their life, what they're hoping for. People just come alive and yeah, we both work with young people and you see it in young people as well when they get onto the thing they really are excited about. So so just like caffeine kicks my morning, kickstarts my morning, I want to hear from people what kickstarts them and motivates them. So I, I guess for you, one thing is a very current issue, very, very specific and current to now. So do you want to explain what it is? Yes, I have written a book and the book is about youth work in the COVID era and beyond. So really, really specific to this <laughs> current moment that we're sitting yeah. in. I'm, I'm a writer, as we've already really uh, kind of talked about a little bit. And I wanted to have wanted to kind of write in a longer form for quite a while. And so this kind of came out of that that desire, if you like, to, to, to push myself out of the comfort zone of writing blog posts and um, magazine articles, mm. which I've been doing for a little while. Youth work has been my passion for a long time. And not only have I been working directly face to face with young people for a long, for a lot of my adult life, I more recently have been supporting those who work with young people. Mm. Um, So to try and kind of, I wanted to try and capture some of the story of youth work during COVID. You know, it's been such a a kind of, I don't know, we use, use words like, unprecedented and and they become a bit over overused don't they yeah, the yeah. fact of the matter is nothing like this has ever happened in in living memory and yeah. so it felt quite important really yeah to capture some of it I was a, I was able to do that I, I wrote it in quite a tight time frame that kind of current thing <laughs> the thing yeah. where it needs to be current kind of really came into its own so I started writing in November of 2020 and I published in February <laughs> 21 yeah which you know it was a bit bonkers um <laughs> I, I loved it I loved the kind of doing the research for it I enjoyed phone call conversations and zoom conversations like this one yeah um and other kinds of uh, all sorts of other kinds of conversations with youth workers up and down the country mm-hmm. very fortunate to I think I've I covered each of the four home nations of the UK so one of the things that I was keen really yeah. to do was to make sure that I did speak to people who were doing different kinds of youth work yeah. as well from different areas around the UK. I talked to people doing detached work. I talked to people doing schools work. Mm. I talked to people doing faith-based charity kind of work where their value system was very much a Christian value system, yeah. but faith was not necessarily spoken out loud. And I also talked to church-based youth workers yes. and then also those who were doing youth work, but not from a faith faith value, mm-hmm. which previously we might have called statutory youth work. But of course, there's very little of that left. And it was fascinating. And yeah. and each time I spoke to somebody, I was kind of going, oh, this sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just really thrilled and really and, and really amazed at how youth workers, lots of them, if not all of them, kind of going well we had no clue really where to start like how do you do youth work if you can't see young people how does that work they found really creative ways of being able to maintain those relationships and keep in contact with young people it's been a very difficult year I genuinely I I just found it really inspiring to see what other people have done being a youth worker myself in my paid job and seeing that we weren't the other only people that had issues but also just being inspired by what different people did with with different types of young people because a young person in my youth group might be completely different to a young person in in another youth group and the needs might be similar but the way you deliver your youth work to them and the way they the way their needs are satisfied yeah um can be in a completely 
different way in our by the way we deliver to the way someone else delivers and i i just yeah. found it really good I've, there was one i've i just really liked and i i have forgotten who it was but they talked a lot about entering the space of the young people i think it was the one you talked about gaming and i just found that really interesting about youth workers choosing to not be the expert and mm, stepping mm. into the space of young per of young people and allowing young people to kind of direct where it goes and i just i found that really interesting and really challenging to to my only practice the book isn't just about what's happened is it the book is then a springboard yeah. to where do we go from here yeah. and i loved where you ended with rebuilding a, a world around sanctuary community and hope and i was thinking but that is that's where good well-being comes from as well yes. it kind of builds also into your second passion i guess mm, yes about mental health yeah absolutely mental health particularly in relation to adolescence but also just generally mental health and well-being has been a really kind of key area of of my interest mm. in youth work for again for a long time it's been a buzzword for a long a buzz phrase for a long time uh, now out you know in in the kind of out in society as a whole really yes um, and particularly when we're talking about perhaps young people and their levels of happiness or their levels of of well-being mm. um but i you are absolutely right in that for me it, it was still the thread that underpinned everything in that book because young people's well-being youth workers being in contact with or maintaining relationships with young people through really adverse conditions really adverse sort of situation yeah that's going to be that's a real lift to a young person's sense of yeah. well-being and then and then looking at well where do we go from here how do yeah. we move forward and and the fact is we move forward really with the underpinning values that we've always had as youth workers yeah. we've always had that that sense of wanting to pass on hope that mm. wanting to build community that wanting to provide sanctuary and stability mm. and, and and those things you know that that has always underpinned our youth work practice it was uh, you know i'm trying to kind of say just need to continue with what we're doing mm. it's the practical way of doing it that i think needs to change and and yeah from a well-being point of view that balance of online stuff being more accessible mm -hmm. for young people mm -hmm. for more young people something that can really really changes the dynamic of of the work so yeah. lots of people reporting that they've had much more dealings with parents um, than they've ever had before because of the need for getting consent but also then because you are much more in the young person's home and and sort of aware of what's more far more aware mm -hmm. of what's going on around them when you're doing online work so that hasn't changed I think the or it's added more in I suppose to the kind of way we do youth work but equally our young people um, who, who have now been locked away that sounds like a really dramatic kind of way of saying it mm -hmm. but actually that is we've 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 been under stay-at-home orders for a significant part of the last 12 months yeah and so you know suddenly young people who should be out and about who should be hanging out with friends spending time loosening those connections with their parents because that's what happens during adolescence yeah, yeah. that's part of what youth work facilitates yeah you know, it brings in that extra trusted adult at a time when young people are trying to they're, they're pulling away from the people who have been their trusted yeah. adults you know yeah. young people should be doing all of those things and they haven't been able to so yeah. actually youth workers being able to facilitate getting young people outdoors encouraging them the guys over in Cardiff I love this I really want to go and visit them the guys over in Cardiff have been given a community garden space 
right in the grounds of Cardiff Castle. If you've oh, never really? been in, to Cardiff, the castle's right yeah. in the city centre. Yeah. It's got a masses of green space around it. Um, but there's also this kind of madly wild kind of places, spaces around the outside of the castle walls. Mm. Somebody somewhere in the council has given this space to this youth work project which is just that's brilliant it's so yeah. good yeah. To, yeah. to kind of think that creatively about well what can we do with this space yeah. what could what good could come from this yeah being outdoors is massively brilliant for people's mental health mm-hmm. it just is mm-hmm. we don't really fully understand why <laughs> we don't accept that this seems to be what how we've been made this is yeah. part of our dna is yeah. being outdoors improves our, our state of well-being Absolutely. And if we can, and if we can use our bodies outdoors, I don't like the word exercise because it conjures up things that I think <laughs> yeah, are yeah. not necessarily very helpful for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but if we can walk, or maybe even run, or play games, or whatever it is, whatever we really love to do, if we can, if we can enjoy doing that outdoors, it has a hugely positive effect on yeah. our mental health. Yeah, yeah. There needs to be this balance, I think, of the online and the outdoor and using those things to build a youth work practice. It already has changed massively how we work as youth workers. Yeah. And it will continue to do that, but hopefully in a really sort of positive way. Your heart is also very much towards the people who work with the young people, as well as for young people. Almost your cause that I know that you stand for in that sense is. I want to support the people supporting them because actually yeah. that will make a difference. If you get into youth work, there's a level of, of compassion, a level of empathy, that, particularly if you're in it for a long time, that you probably mm-hmm. carry. And that that is a massive part of what can lead to burnout and to, yeah. you know, when it's not supported or held accountable mm. uh, well. Yeah. And, and I love the way you support youth workers with their mental health and their well-being and challenging us as well to think differently or um to rest I I loved in your book you you had a whole sort of couple of pages on reflective practice and what that could look like I definitely think reflective practice is something that is majorly missing particularly in this year actually because weirdly even though we've had more time to a certain extent it's been constant change 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 yes Yes. And not time to go, right, what what actually worked on that? You know, I, f- I find that really interesting, that part of, mm. of what you do. I think reflective practice, in my head, it comes under a similar bracket to the three good things that I, that I do mm-hmm. quite often, mm. um, which is a gratitude practice, which the reason it sort of fits um, under that same kind of thing is because it's quite simple, but it can really have a massive impact on the work that you do or the way that you live your life and it can feel really tokenistic yeah um, and reflective practice can be very tokenistic if you're only doing it for your funders if you're only really doing it because somebody tells you that you have to then yeah. it's it's not really going to go dig in deep or if you um, like you can't actually be honest absolutely the important bit about reflective practice comes when you are able to be really really searingly honest actually yeah. and and authentic with it and I think it can be really helpful and I came across a couple I come across a few youth workers who've said we've just not had time to even take a breath because the Mm -hmm. rate of change has been Mm -hmm. so phenomenal this year that uh, and that's quite common it's been quite common over the last however many decades you know of youth work the rate of change has always felt really high I think it has ramped up this in this last 12 months although I can completely understand why we might find ourselves lurching from one thing to another and never really giving carving out that time 
I really think it's massively important. One youth worker I've spoken to recently on for, for the Jenny Talks podcast was a guy called Adam mm. who works for a church and mm. he said to me we are not starting back up again we're going to stay with the online stuff that we've got and, yeah. and the way that he he connects with his young people online is really worth listening to really worth mm. hearing about because mm. he doesn't use Zoom but he said we what we're going to do is one-off events that are outdoors and bringing people together yeah. Um, and we're going to look at the possibility of taking the kids away over the summer. But they're not going back to their groups because he said, we just we've spent the last year kind of going right. Start again. Here yeah. we go. You know, and then, oh, stop again. Oh, yeah. start again. Oh, stop again. Yeah. And it's so exhausting. And so yeah. it creates such a burden on everybody. Yeah. And I think to myself, that's whilst we are want to get back to some sort of normality. And I absolutely agree that young people need to get back into in person seeing each other in person again and he's he's come to that through reflecting on his yeah on the year's experience actually giving time for your brain to stop being in reaction zone yes and we know that you know countless studies from age-old studies that show that when you are at high stress for a long time you are not effective there are people who are trained to be in high stress for long periods of time um but but actually we're not effective if we're just reacting i'm really interested to see what changes and and my hope really is that there is top-down change Mm. um but i think that while there is not we we need to be role modeling i'm aware that i'm not the coolest of youth workers or people but role modeling being the change in that sense and role modeling the things that we know work in the hope that that it gets transferred to other people's lives and you know don't you that it's not about being cool oh yeah (laughs) i've known for a long time (laughs) i know that you know that but but young people young people will see you as cool because you want to spend time with them time with them yeah and that's actually that's yeah. all it takes <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I spoke to um, a young person recently actually they were not about me being cool about <laughs> being outside and and saying how the skate park was their sanctuary and essentially he said the skate park has been my sanctuary my community and my hope he didn't say it because that would be weird for a teenager to come up with those <laughs> words but what he was saying is this has been this has been that place for me and I, I think we've just got to listen to where young people are finding those places your last thing I found this really interesting because I don't think this is something I know about you I love to give gifts and because of the way in which love languages work our top love language generally speaking is the one that we want it's the one that we that also makes us feel loved and so gift receiving makes me feel loved so you sent me something recently in the post that that I was like oh this is so lovely this is I really love this it was brilliant and it's so nice to get that little kind of feeling of oh somebody's thinking of me and I so I know because I know how that feels for me then I love giving gifts to other people because hopefully it it helps other people to feel loved too and I have this (laughs) I was talking to somebody about this recently and she's a gift giver too and she said I have this weird thing that I should bake a bake a cake and take it around to these people yeah I think it was trifle I think she's like wow she had this strange kind of like you should make them a trifle 
uh, right? Why? <laughs> That's a very okay. specific. So she made she made them a trifle and she took it round and it was a relationship that had been really fractious and difficult. Mm. Um, and and it has had this kind of most I don't know a, a very uh, in a sense very spiritual but also kind of you know very a very making a very human connection mm-hmm. after after a lot of years of of not having that human connection yeah. between those between those people yeah. and and she said to me it's a bit crazy isn't it and I said I love I am a crazy gift giver too yeah. I yeah. often get this kind of like oh I should I'll buy this for somebody yeah who should I and sometimes I have a really clear picture of who it is right from the kind of seeing it on the shelf thing mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just a somebody I know will like that yeah. And, it, and it then sits on my shelf for a little while and and, and then you know something cr- crops up that I think oh I'm gonna send that to that person yeah. that's perfect yeah. um and and it always feels a little bit crazy <laughs> I always think am I am I completely losing the plot here is this person really going to enjoy this or are they going to think it's really over the top and then I've decided as I've got a bit sort of older and a bit more yeah. oh, I don't care what other people think yeah. <laughs> just just do it yeah because you know seriously if you get post anybody receiving something through the post yeah. from somebody else I hope you know it's going to make them at least go oh well that's nice yeah even if they yeah. never use it or never you know yeah I oh no think I think it, it is and I can tell how joyful you are because you're just beaming <laughs> at even the thought of like giving gifts yeah. to and I think in a time where we we uh, Amazon has done well, let's say, yes, you know, yes. we give gifts to ourselves because we've been bored. Yes. Actually receiving something to from other people is lovely. And yeah, I, I, I think probably my mum was a gift giver. She okay. was someone with always with a box with, and we had a yeah. card drawer. And I mean, you know, yeah. any card you needed from her, she you know, yeah. got one for that. So I think probably, and, and I had some really bizarre gifts. Me and my sister always laugh about some of the bizarre gifts we get from my mum every now and again. And I thought probably because there's something in her that just wanted to give yeah. presents. And my sister yeah. has definitely taken that on as her her primary okay. language. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. I think it's just something I love and I'm never going to turn down a gift, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, building back into those things of sanctuary, community and hope, actually, I think gift giving does fit into that it is something that I don't know it just gives you that feeling of oh I belong my, my co-worker heard me talking on our work podcast about the fact that I was really craving a fish finger sandwich and mm-hmm. turned up at my door with fish fingers you oh, know yeah. I probably ever received yes, yes isn't it <laughs> um, yes but, you know, I had I had people just leave things outside the door and I loved that part of lockdown not not me particularly getting the gifts but hearing about it throughout the country you know that's what people were doing and I I think giving someone something is it is giving of yourself you know whether it is because you financially put into it or you've taken time to make it or even just the energy to take it to someone I just think gift giving it is beautiful and it is about something that's not about you it it just fits into something that I you wrote in your book actually that I just want to read if that's okay you, you wrote near the end you wrote about hope as a as a concept I'll just paraphrase a little bit of it but you say hope is an emotion the opposite of fear hope is an intention or a choice to hope without action is to bring on hopelessness hope must be paired with action and in doing, we both we both give ourselves a future and make the present more bearable. Hope must be paired with an action, just 
it was like a bomb went off in my brain like I'm just <laughs> I love this. Like I'm obviously, you know, my blog is called Cafe Hope. I am yes. hope is a massive part of of me. But I just thought yes, and I thought, but also, this is so you <laughs> to to partner hope and say, but hope can't just be a concept. It has to right. have an action. I I want to bring hope to a community. Your you, your book has uh, no, it is the title. I was thinking is from isolation to community. But I think that's very much something that you are. You are someone who wants to bring people out of isolation into community. And so your passion has shaped writing a book because you want to celebrate the people who are doing the very thing that you are passionate about. And you want to give hope to the people who are going, I feel like I'm all on my own here. And and I read this going, there were other people out there, <laughs> you know, and I, I think you really Aww. do, you really do celebrate people. And, and I love how your book is so obviously not about you, but about your passion and, and how that can inspire hope for people. And I think that probably is what comes out of the other things that you do for you. I should imagine gift giving is part of an action of hope. You're feeling down. I want to give you a gift to inspire yeah. hope something's happened that's good I'm gonna confirm hope in your life by celebrating it with you I just I just think no it's very much something I've noticed about you I do really recommend people getting your book I feel like you've sold out of hard copies (laughs) I Um, sold out the first print run I had eight left of the last of the first print run and I put it out on social media and I said, I've got these eight left. Does anybody want them? And I had 33 orders <laughs> within 24 hours. But you can get so, it on Kindle, can't you? You can okay. get it on Kindle, yeah. but I do also have more, more, more hard copies as well. Right. I, I ordered another bunch after the other ones Amazing. sold out. You can find them on my website, which is um, jennyosborne.org. If people want to get in touch with you around the idea of just youth work and I think, do you mentor and coach youth workers as well? Mentoring is one of the things that I offer. I think it's a really helpful way of of supporting youth workers. Like, you know, um, it's about allowing the space for reflective practice and for all of those things that we've really, we've talked about. And that you can contact me through the website for that as well, if if you'd like to. And do you follow Jenny Quartz podcast? Uh, Series two is sort of following through the book a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, bringing out the themes of the book, talking to some of the people who I spoke to for the book, but also other people who are living in that right now and doing different things. You can find that podcast on most platforms. I've got a Twitter account for it, which is Jenny underscore talks. I just want to finish up here and thank you so much, Jenny, for coming. And I just want to leave you again with that that last sentence of, of what I read earlier. Hope must be paired with action. And in doing, we both give ourselves a future and make the present more bearable. Thank you, Jenny, for being part of rebuilding a world around sanctuary and community and hope. And I'm really excited to see what structure comes from this.